0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Muir, and I'm the movie editor at Aipt. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host, who recently learned you do not need an exorcist for an exorcism.
1: Why would you call the movie that? You know, why would you? I'm like, what's up? You know, why would you? Do? Well, you don't need to call a movie that. You don't need to have exorcisms really at all. Um, you just need to be together. I'm Blake.
0: I don't I don't know what it is about that movie. Maybe maybe it's just me and Jerry, I don't know. But it seems like we did that episode a long time ago. Like it feels I, forever ago, right? I, I think because I've like kind of forgotten about it entirely. So mine kind of justify it by thinking like, Oh yeah, you did it's because you saw it a long time ago.
1: Dude, it's like uh it's like how it feels like every time i was like turned down for a date like it feels like man that feels like forever it's because like when i'm disappointed i just yep i just push it completely out (laughs) never (laughs) happened i was never disappointed at all
0: actually when's the last time you played me in fantasy football
1: oh (laughs) dude i set myself up bad for that Oh yeah!
0: Uh, no. Hey, it
1: was a good game for the listener that does not care at all. Pat and I had a fantastic fantasy <laughs> football matchup this week.
0: Started on Sunday and it carried over into Monday and it was <laughs>
1: yes, it tight did. going into Monday. Going
0: uh, usually by Sunday, uh, like three o'clock, you're like, okay, I'm going to yeah. check this until next <laughs> week. Yeah, this is this was a
1: tight one. And my oh. my Cowboys came through. Well, but they did, not, but not for Mister Bovine Joni. <laughs> Not that way. So
0: it was bittersweet. <laughs> football season's in effect. Fantasy football. Uh baseball season's about to end, which means baseball season, I think it's about to begin again, right? I mean, like <laughs> actually, <they're laughs> yeah, crazy long stop, seasons. Yeah. NBA is going on. I'm I was looking on ESPN Plus yesterday. I think the NHL is going on too. College basketball is about to start, college football is going on. It's fall. <laughs> it is fall, people. Fall up in here it's spooky season how's your 31 days going
1: you know what? It's badly uh it, i've i've really fallen off but i ha- i have i have watched a uh, a ton of uh what we do in the shadows uh tv series kind of catching up on that re-watching a bunch of stuff so that that's also been, counts that counts that counts but i've been kind of doing that in all kind of one day and then missing a few days here and there there's all of this great stuff that i want to check out the uh, haunting or uh, follow the house of usher there's there's a lot of stuff and other than uh, kind of what we've been doing for the show here I've uh, I've kind of I've kind of missed missed it here and there how about yourself
0: I'm doing all right but kind of to your point now I think I've gotten one every day good but to your point um lots of cheating if you want to call it that <laughs> lots of shorts are in there sure um follow the house of wesher is in there um so I, I haven't watched a movie every day so for people who are like like super strict about it and i'm completely cool with that yeah. like i i haven't uh succeeded on that i think i was out by like the fourth or fifth day
1: i i fall asleep these days man i'm old these <laughs> I, I put on vhs it's... the new phs which looks great i loved what i saw of it knocked right out uh, you know i gotta get around to that too because uh yeah
0: regina keeps asking me have you seen it we gotta talk about it because i don't know what she got out of it but she <laughs> something she really wants to get it's off her chest a little different
1: it. a little different yeah
0: the, um I don't know I love the VHS series at uh, Gigi Salguero. Guerrero. I, I want to see what got Danzi kicked out
1: like I know oh, what, exactly I what it know does. what's her
0: segment but what what set him off uh but uh yeah I gotta watch that um and I have to watch like older stuff I mean I've been watching like the the, the new stuff for the podcast um two of the things we're gonna both the things we discussed actually are on my 31 days but yep. I want to kind of watch some of the older stuff you mentioned you always start with reanimator yeah. um like I want to watch like kind of get that older stuff and just uh when we had Lucky McKee on here we watched um Trick or Treat not Trick mm. or Treat that everybody <laughs> knows we watched Trick or Treat that had Orson Welles involvement in it but um I think there's another movie called Trick or Treat that's about metal and like Ozzy Osbourne might be involved in it <laughs> oh cool I gotta see <laughs> I, that I, yeah definitely I gotta go with, I gotta check shutter into
1: louder louder <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, what's become an annual tradition, uh, the Shutter brought it back, what, three, four years ago? Yeah. So every year it sets a new record, and it did it again this year. So VHS 85 is the new most streamed movie on Shutter, and I guess that'll remain into effect until next year's installment of VHS <laughs> comes out, which they have already announced. And uh, they said they're going sci-fi horror uh, for, the, mm. for the next installment. Very interesting. We've talked about this before, that... Um, sci-fi horror is kind of dropped off like it's not that there's not good ones on there but there's not any like wow ones out there Mm -hmm. uh interesting for a whole anthology on sci-fi horror that's super interesting to me um i I love vhs sci-fi horror is something that i'm always down for so yeah uh, i haven't gotten around to vhs 85 i will and i'm definitely on board for another installment of vhs
1: Oh yeah, I mean, um, one of the things I did sneak in—it's in, um, uh, in the—is in the genre, I guess. Isn't it? What is that was no one will save you? I think we, we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. in the genre. Yeah. So it's weird, right? Because I didn't, I didn't love, I didn't love that movie. It's difficult. I think that's the thing I keep coming back to on, on sci-fi horror. We like when we when we kind of rehashed Cube a while back. That kind of made me think about just sci-fi horror in general for a while afterwards because i was just like man that was weird that was such a weird movie like to recreate something like that and but to do it differently but wasn't impactful and then i'm kind of looking at the at the list here and i'm like dude it is hard to stand out and be really great with that and so i i think this is an awesome opportunity for some of these directors to get into the genre and get into that use that genre and maybe we're gonna see some real maybe we're gonna see something that maybe we can see like a full feature out of or something out of this. This is actually really exciting. I think it's cool
0: you you know that's a really good point. I um, thinking about the when people talk about VHS because everyone's seen at least one installment from yeah. each VHS. and I think <laughs> yeah. and I think pretty much everyone talks about the the succubus one. Like, everyone talks about that. And that one did, I think it got its own series, even. It can happen. It can most definitely happen. And sci-fi horror, Um, man, I, I want to say, and this is, I don't know if this is a stretch or not, but I think the best we've ever had on here, and we haven't had a ton, but um, the the Mexican one, we did one for Latin uh, horror, and there was the, the kind of a hentai-esque one, like live-action hentai one, where the lady's having sex with the alien.
1: That one was fucking incredible, man.
0: That one was like strange, it's funny and but not really ha funny funny. Uh, strange, really imaginative and creative. Great monsters in there aliens in it and some just, just some of the most fucked up shots you'll ever see. Oh, and totally, yeah, I'd love to see something that has that kind of effect on me. And that's what I was gonna say about Exorcist Believer is that I I just I all I wanted it to do was to like make me feel like oh this is fucked up and that's where it failed. Yeah. Um maybe <laughs> maybe maybe. VHS will have one of the installments will have that one story that's like whoa this is fucked up because uh, yeah. it's been yeah. a while since uh, not just sci-fi horror but horror in general has delivered that and I would love to see that
1: again. Me too and if you're sitting in your car or wherever you are listening to this and you're like yeah something like Annihilation you're fucking wrong. No <laughs> yeah not that kind of
0: not like oh I can't believe I haven't fallen asleep that's really fucked up that I managed to stay awake during this <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: different fire um, kills it oh it's what's an amazing movie so bad and and not <laughs> fucked up like, uh, got
0: <laughs> and not fucked up like a serbian film no. or Iceman, not that kind of fucked up like um man i don't know like uh like that movie we're talking about or like um i don't know uh, um uh the sadness like there was like a real fucked up quality to that dr oh, Lamb.
1: yeah yeah.
0: There were uh, Dr. Lamb's a little on the like really gross side, but like something that makes me feel uncomfortable. But um moving on from that, a movie that did make people feel very uncomfortable back in the 70s, super influential. Mm. Um Halloween. And we talked about a few weeks ago how it's rights for up for sale. And one of the things we threw around was that and kind of half jokingly, but we, we were seriously discussing it, but we thought, oh well, maybe there'll be a Halloween Halloween TV series. Lo and behold, Miramax TV bought the rights. And uh, in wow. fact, they are going to develop a Halloween TV series. You know, when we talked about it, it was exciting talking about it. When it was a done deal, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I mean, here's the thing. I I think, what did we say? Like, if you, if you spruced it up, maybe, and you did kind of freshen up the whole thing. I, I'm not real interested in a mass killer TV series. Michael Myers. I'm just not. They, they've, if they, if they think the name Halloween can keep that, that's not going to work. Every horror, you know, series has tried to do the slasher thing. There's been multiple tries at it. It's hit or miss. It doesn't always really work in the TV series format, I think. And um, because there, it's like too long to draw out something like that. It's a, th- those need to be a chase with a with an end, you know. Right. And and so I do hope they freshen it up with some kind of new approach, because man alive, after the what we've seen done to Halloween and now The Exorcist, ah, choppy, <laughs> <laughs> choppy waters,
0: choppy uh, waters. You know what they're gonna do. The thing that they always do it's going to be a prequel like that's my bad i mean there's um i could have sworn that the the it prequel was already coming out but uh that welcome to dairy i think it's called oh well that could
1: yeah that i am on that that i was for (laughs) Uh,
0: and then i think that and i want to say it was a 24 they were doing a a friday the 13th prequel series called crystal lake okay i think but i mean i'm pretty sure that's what direction they're going to go in i really don't need i mean i know totally Oof. different totally bad but rob zombie kind of dabbled in that, that and yeah. it was not exciting even put in someone who was a little more competent of a horror filmmaker i don't know if there's really much ground to like mine there i mean they cover in the first two halloween the original halloween movies they give you all the backstory that you need <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking, like we talked about a few weeks ago, the best direction to go in is to do it in like a Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth anthology series type thing. Like, uh, well, I mean, if
1: it's if it's about Loomis working at a gay bar in college named Halloween.
0: <laughs> that, up. Oh, you know what? Uh, I think, yeah, I bet it's going to be about Loomis. And I, made, right? I'm, think, I'm sitting here he thinking, I'm like, it's got
1: to it. be, it's got to be Loomis face. I, right? I, I, I thought, I, I, I was
0: definite on prequel. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about Loomis and he's such God, an important, was, yeah. yeah. Damn, you need to sign up on that writing stuff to you <laughs> obviously are ahead of the curve. <laughs> so, um, sad news, it's like, we're constantly reporting sad news on here, but um, Piper Laurie, passed away, 91, and uh, I'm a huge David Lynch fan, so Twin Peaks, she was a major, major part of it, a great villain, huge Stephen King fan, Carrie, she was nominated for multiple awards for just an amazing performance that kind of set the bar for future um, crazy, like over-religious characters, especially mom characters, like, and then she would just see her show up, it's a Return to Oz, we covered that Mm -hmm. on here, she would just, like, show up in these random movies and always was really good um i don't know if she ever got her just due, but i think she was super respected and she if she wasn't the best part of the movie she was in she was always super memorable and she'll definitely be missed it's really sad
1: it is sad i mean 91 what a run i mean she's legendary man And i mean it's really really legendary i mean Talk about working. I mean, she's, she worked for like 60 years. Like that's wild, man. So yeah, it's a shame, sad, a so lost, but a great run for Piper Laurie.
0: I think the best thing you could say about, about any actor or really any artist is that they were so good that you just kind of took them for granted. Absolutely. And, and she definitely fits into that. Uh, you went into how long Piper Laurie's career was, but uh, let's look ahead
1: genre of the
0: future. And uh, let's look at the, the last full week of October. It's already a pun. That's ass.
1: wild, dude. What the fuck? And Get out
0: of here with that. Flying by flying by um, night of the hunted coming to shutter on October the 20th. Not to be confused with the night of the hunted, which came out in like 1981 or 82, but night of the hunted it's um sniper movies have a very, very, very long history and genre filming from targets way back when the phone booth by oh, sure yeah there. yeah um, but uh it's about a woman who stops for gas at a remote gas station late at night all of a sudden someone just starts sniping at her from the shadows um she has to dodge the bullets she has to figure out who's doing it and why um it's an interesting but it's not you know super novel or anything it's pretty cut and dry when it comes to uh i'm assuming it, it looks like a single location um yeah but but um it's, it's it's cool. It's super cool. Like that. That's uh, just a recipe for tension. I just wonder how long they can keep that
1: up for. I inevitably these movies turn into a bit of like a true blue. Like they they're in the same room. Cat and mouse was not so much like I'm yeah. going to be a sniper from across the way. I think this looked uh, harrowing. I always like uh, even if it's um, just like kind of popcorn background movie this is like the perfect kind of background movie because you can kind of you can kind of just check it. I, it feels like you can kind of check in with it you don't have to be glued to it but it's going to be high stakes at all times it looks it looks fun it Looks fun.
0: and executive producer is uh Aja alexander who uh did a um, if i believe he did high tension which is one of all your right. favorites yeah and the recent movie with the the giant alligator that uh sam raimi was involved in i believe he had a hand in that also oh
1: okay oh alexander Aja yes, yes 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 yeah 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 alexander Aja yeah, um okay, yeah.
0: Strong pedigree. Uh, it, it looks interesting. Um, it does. But, uh, yeah, I, and it, it does look tense. Looks like it looks like a, a good watch. Killer, kill her, killer, kill her. Coming out on October killer. the twentieth. Uh, VOD, digital. Uh, this is about some friends who go camping out in the woods, and someone starts picking them off. It's uh, the trailer looks like that. It's kind of like a spoof on. Um, slashers which there's plenty of and super easy horror is like very very easy to make fun of just because of all the tropes that are involved in it but uh looks like there might be a little bit more to it i don't know if it's good (laughs) per se but um okay it looks like it's a spoof that might have a little bit of an edge to it so eh, you mentioned popcorn movie it looks like there'd be something fun to put on in the background
1: yeah this might surprise you this trailer I, I don't know if I've seen a trailer for a movie that I found more irritating than that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, dude, I, I the trailer made me not want to watch it, and I think the trailer is an accurate depiction of what transpires in this movie. So I'm gonna take my gut instinct, and me personally, I'm not gonna be watching Kill Her. But check out the trailer if it's if I find that's for you, then give it a shot.
0: I was thinking that uh, how much a person likes this movie is completely based on the characters (laughs) so i can totally see that like this this uh trailer is either going to interest you or it's going to completely turn you off (laughs) a right to hell bill mosley kane Hodder are going to be in it uh it's a halloween movie so we'll have more to say about this in the future i will say based on the trailer uh bill mosley playing uh possibly a good guy with uh, a little bit of a, a, a he's deranged,
1: voice. he looks like he's deranged a little bit,
0: but he might be the hero in there. He might be <laughs> interesting, interesting,
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, come on, dude. It's uh, you said Kate Hodder and Bill Mosley. I mean, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, it looks low budget, but in the best way possible, you know, uh, a real like uh, horror made, uh, horror movie made for horror fans kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun, perfect for the the and yeah i totally
0: agree uh closing out the 20th because there is a lot coming out on the 20th uh, limited theatrical uh release uh we've talked about the saw movies and i think we've seen them all uh we've seen we've definitely seen them ma- a majority of them i think you agree with me that the one thing that saw really needed to push it over the top was a romantic subplot <laughs> and soulmates is that movie finally we got our (laughs) soul romantic comedy (laughs) soulmates soulmates is about a uh let's say a couple they're trapped in um a maze or they have to deal with a series of traps and i'm assuming they have to fall in love and live happily ever after or they die is what I got out of the trailer, but I like these escape room type trap movies. So, uh, to me, uh, the, the premise is super silly. Like, it's a dating app that <laughs> I guess either you find love or you die is kind of <laughs> what I got out
1: of it. But, oh. uh,
0: but I mean, it's a horror, it's always silly. So, I don't know. I, I kind of silly premise, but uh, I, I kind of like the idea of it. <laughs> I think it,
1: yeah, it looks absolutely like ridiculous, but um, totally fun. I think it's gonna be just over the top. Uh, Neil McDonough, uh, if you if you're a fan, uh is I think kind of the uh this the the was it uh what would you call him? Like the uh the ringmaster <laughs> um, the curator. <laughs> the curator, <laughs> the curator of <laughs> there. The, well, the matchmaker. Yeah, the match, the matchmaker. And uh yeah, I think it looks like a like a hell of a good fun time. And uh yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out.
0: And from that we'll go to October the twenty fourth, VOD Digital something uh, that looks a uh, pretty serious uh, <laughs> Ooh,
1: Saturn bowling cha-
0: changing pace changing tone completely changing pace uh, going to even drop out of the horror genre for a <laughs> little bit and kind of sorta uh, Saturn bowling is about a um uh, a police officer whose father has passed away and he's um in his will he's left his son with a bowling alley but his um brother is also running it Apparently it's cursed, and a bunch of murders start to happen. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I didn't get that from the trailer. I read that from the synopsis because <laughs> the trailer looks a little more um, oh. grounded in reality. <laughs> like this looks like a crime drama in like a <clears throat> like a Donnie Darko type, not Donnie Darko, a Donnie Brasco type. Donnie
1: Brasco, sure, yeah. No, it gave me um, like weird noir vibes. Yeah, exactly. But like that uh, neo noir kind of shit, where it's like. Um, what was it? Like uh drive kind of, it's got like some of right. that kind of, that kind of feel to it. And I, uh I typically, you know, I at least give those movies a shot. They, they're hard yeah. to pull off. I think is, this is going to be pretty, uh pretty dark, pretty intense. And uh yeah, I, I think this is going to go to the, go to my watch list pretty quick.
0: You hit a lot of like um a lot of strong points there. Like the, these movies are super hard to pull off just from the same director the um the guy who did um drive drive really good neon demon kind of in the same kind of kind of mm. not good at all mm-hmm. yeah ne- neon noir is like really hard to pull off and the trailers i've found over the years are um, not really representative of them either like you can yeah. watch this trailer and it's kind of like too talky or too vague yeah. or too obtuse it just it, it it doesn't hit you and then you watch the movie and it totally blows you away. I'm not saying that's what's going to be the case here right. because you never know until you get into it. But for myself, I, I agree with you the trailer has um enough meat and it's not a barely thing. There's a lot going on. It looks really stylish. Oh, yeah. Like and um I I want to check it out. Uh, this looks really cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. It, the the trailer's pretty loaded. It's like in a world where a man gets a bowling alley, you know, it's like it's like there's a lot there's a lot but um I think like you said I I think uh more often than not, the, the story is a lot more cohesive and a lot more straight. And uh, and not that there won't be twists, but uh, I think, yeah, I think this has all the, the trappings of uh, something really enjoyable.
0: This week. It's true crime week and uh, we've had some a couple of true crime episodes on here uh one of them being our most listened to show ever so that's not the reason we're doing this though we actually wanted to do a true crime episode here and uh we got two interesting ones and we're starting with the man in the white van which recently made its world premiere at the Newport Beach Film Festival this one is about a lesser known uh serial killer at least uh, for Um, normies like us who don't really follow the genre. Uh, Billy Mansfield Jr. is who the story is based on. But it is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Set in 1974, I think, which we'll get into right now. It's about a guy in a white van who is stalking a young girl. That's pretty much it. We'll take it from there. So the reason I say 1974, I think, and I'm going to need your help with this, is I was completely confused by when everything was happening. Oh. oh, it starts and it says 1980. It has the bloody title card and everything. Well, I think it might start with the fam. No, it starts, it says 1980. And then throughout, over the course of the film, it's going backwards in time to 70, 1974. So here's what I thought. And I was constantly confused throughout it. First, I thought that the main characters, um, Annie and her her family, I thought they were in 1980. And then the movie was going backwards and they were going backwards with him. So it was kind of tracking like how this serial killer has been kind of stalking this poor girl for six years. Yeah. 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 That's initially what I thought. And I was like, wow, that is a crazy story. I can't believe I've never heard of this. And then as things were going, I'm like, man, there's a lot of continuity errors in this movie. Like what the hell? And then I thought, Oh, when it's going back, it's just on the serial killer. And then the main story <clears throat> is in 1980. Now I get it. But then towards the end, like they make it clear that the family is in 1974. And then the killings have been taking place. Like uh, the killings have been taking place over the course of six years. That much I knew for sure. I just, I I, I don't know. Did I miss something like, or is it bad editing? Cause it's... I, I couldn't tell where yeah. the, there's really no, there's not a, main story and a B story like there's the main story and then there's here's the shit that this guy's been doing over the course of the past six years like I couldn't place where the main story was happening I'm thinking by the end I think I figured out it was 1974 am I right wrong did I miss something
1: so if if well yeah I was just as baffled by you by that whole time sequence of murder thing that they would sporadically and by the way that was not Those were not edited in any way, in a way that made sense to how the story was even progressing. So I think, I think the family that we follow through the most of the movie is 1974. Okay. And I think very confusingly, they show you he was still killing in 1980 at the beginning of the movie. For no fucking reason, they like try to atypically tell you that he's been killing this entire time. For but you didn't have you don't fucking have to do that. Like that was it, it. Made no. It made it only made me fucking confused because after the second time it showed dates, I was like, "What the fuck is? Why is it going backwards?" It it made no fucking sense to me as to why they were doing that. Not even the scenes don't they're not like oh look they're in hip 80s clothes no nothing like that the the one seemed and by the way there's a reason why you thought the family was in 1980 dude it could have been 19 it could have been 2000 for all i knew <laughs> nothing nothing about the family setup other than the fact that they were kind of just like in older vehicles i guess and, and they they, were, there like, was a
0: uh, 8 track players
1: 8 track player and they were driving like a 66 cadillac or with suicide doors which was really cool that was like the only thing that would make you believe that anything was happening in any kind of older time frame. Nobody dressed weird. Um, Not really. Oh, there, there was a rotary phone that they kept going back. There to. was a phone. Yeah. There which, was a rotary yeah. phone, I guess. Okay. But that was like, to me, like as kids of the eighties, right. We grew up with rotary phones. I found this movie, this movie wasted a lot of time.
0: You mentioned a few things that I, editing and pacing, um, yeah. going back to the editing thing. And maybe yeah. this is just me again. Like, not paying very good attention but in the very last scene um and spoiler alert we're gonna talk about you know parts of the movie but um these are based on true events so even though the story itself i don't think it's true but uh at the yeah. end the uh so the the girls survived she's gotten away or whatever the and she's having dinner um it's her family including her sister and her love interest right is yes the love interest like hitting on her sister Cause she's outside with her dad
1: uh I think that was supposed to play like he was flirting with her but that was really uh did not yeah that play. was
0: that was a small thing it doesn't
1: right but yeah play. I yeah I found that whole scene just pointless weird
0: like and then the uh editing would also was weird so I agree with you with the whole because it literally wasn't until like the last 10 15 minutes where I was like oh it's always been in 1974 and then they've right. just been interspersing these, Other and shit. yeah, which is like if you're gonna do that, fine, but there should be some sort of connection with it, what's going on, something, anything dude, at all. There's they, no connection,
1: there isn't. And they, the thing that made me really laugh out loud because I was like, no way, dude, is that the last shot of the, the movie. I guess we're kind of jumping all over the place, but who God, cares? <laughs> so did the movie, the, yeah, exactly when the like the van is seen pulling out right onto the highway and it gives you like that front, like, like, Oh yeah, it's the white van. I was like, dude, are they supposed to have me think to remember that that was the same van that I saw in the flashbacks and not the fuck? Cause I, dude, that's exactly what they wanted you to think. They want you to be like, Oh, that's the van from all, all the flashbacks. When I never fucking noticed the difference between the vans, dude. It, I I had to like think about it, and I was like, "Oh, is that what they were trying to do with that? Yeah, that's oh, what they were trying oh. to do with that." I didn't
0: oh, even so. think about that till now. You're saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Who to... who would think about it? a white
0: van is a white van?
1: Exactly. I
0: mean, uh, that's yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, I think the other, I there is the huge problem with doing it that way is that um, you know, the killer is going to get away with it. Yeah, and that really sucks because this is like it's one thing when, you know, Michael Myers is going to pop up at the end or, you know, Pinhead's going to fucking come out of the 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 the, the lament configuration or whatever. Right. But this is a fucking real life serial killer who we've seen multiple times, six or seven times over the course of the movie, preying on increasingly younger girls over the course of the movie. Like, um. I don't want to see that guy uh survive at the end like uh-uh. that that's I mean that's an icky feeling it's gross like um that ending is that has to be we I don't I don't know we've had a bad year with not with movies we had some good uh, movies but we've had yeah, some movies. awful endings yeah. and this is like a really bad ending like if you know anything about the serial killer or and then you're like, okay, I know that whatever he ends up in jail or whatever. But for we talked about this before we watched. We had never heard of the dude, so to us, it's like, oh, this guy got away with it. That's how it ends is with this guy getting away with it. That's not a good ending.
1: No, it's a ter- it's a terrible fucking ending, and it also the movie goes way fucking out of its way to make you understand the fucking girl's dynamic with her fucking sister and her fucking parents and her goddamn horse. Which name is Rebel, by the way, Pat? I don't know if you knew. I don't know if you caught that in this movie. They only said it fucking 30 fucking times that the horse's name is Rebel. All that Rebel horse shit and fucking Sean Astin being a fucking weirdo like he always is fucking totally pointless. We got, if you're gonna give me flashbacks on the killer, give me shots of him like stalking or creeping or planning or doing something. Other than a van periodically showing up and scaring the girls. I'm sorry, dude. I totally lost interest. The the, the the main chick, she's not a bad actress or whatever. The character, the writing for that character, I despised that girl. I thought she was a fucking whiner and a fucking complainer and a fucking just making it being an asshole to everybody all the time. Trying to get her fucking way. And I was like, dude, you're going to up. And a fucking liar. And it's like, dude, you're obviously going to get stalked and, and because you're being an asshole to everybody. And, you know, when she finally does, by the way, it takes fucking forever for that to even happen, for, like, the true blue, like, stalking incident to happen. And then that was confusing. I don't know, dude. The whole, like, and then, like, she has this conversation with her mom, and her mom's like, Allie Larder, by the way, she is like not show up in a whipped cream bikini. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) she she looks great still, by the way. She like just tells her like, oh, no, we've lived here forever. No one's going to bother us. Instead of being like the girl's like, hey, no, creepy guy in a van followed me down the driveway. Nah, we've lived here forever. That sort of thing doesn't happen. Like, dude, what the fuck even is this writing? Like, none of this is realistic. Sean Astin's character was a total doofus. I fucking hated the parents so much
0: yeah this movie does uh, a weird thing for true crime in that well one like uh it's more horror focus and yeah every true crime has like real horror to it but this is like horror movie (laughs) like even the poster says like if if the engine's running then you should also or something like that (laughs) that's a good good. line yeah like a laugh now die later (laughs) (laughs) um the uh, that the the title cards between the years, it's yeah. bloody and kind of like a saw chainsaw type thing, right? Loud screeching music. Um, funny that you mentioned the horse's name Rebel because it. <laughs> I didn't catch the horse's name until oh. I put the subtitles on <laughs> because I couldn't hear shit they were saying because <laughs> the rest of the sound was so loud. I had to turn the volume up and down. <laughs> So finally I read it. And then you're right. I read it like every 30 seconds. It would have the word
1: <laughs> red. You don't it. like Allman Brothers, bro? You know, like... <laughs> yeah, this movie,
0: like uh... it's uh, the pacing. So usually in these types of movies, the, uh, the true crime um, and in the true crime, like fictional movies, like. The focus is more on the killer. And then the yeah. victims, there's like one major victim, but they're very ancillary. Like it's really, they want you to get to know about the killer the best that mm-hmm. you can. This one, and it's intentional. They don't want you to know anything about the killer and that's fine. But they gave us such, like you said, annoying and boring characters. Like this is very much about the the main girl her relationship with her sister which like flips on a dime her sister's like you're a liar oh. i hate you. and then just in one one scene one literally one scene she's like i've always believed you because well i'm your sister
1: it's like <laughs>
0: like that's it like there's no epiphany um yeah like if you're going to go that route to where we're going to ignore the killer and we're going to focus on a victim that's great we don't see that very often hmm. but you got to have the the uh, victim be attractive and i don't mean physically attractive i mean like we have to be able to get behind them and be interested yeah. in them and yeah the family is really annoying like i can't relate to a rich white family in florida but aside from, yeah, <laughs> aside from that like i guess they were going for she's a normal annoying teenager but i don't know if it was too over the top or it was too the, it's not the performance The the actress did you know she did the best that she can with it but I, I think i think i didn't think about it watching it but i think you're right it's just piss poor
1: dialogue dude it is such fucking bad dialogue like it was really like it was like really making me laugh like there was i would say there's probably like 15 20 minutes of like there's lots of talky this is a talky fucking movie man this is surprisingly su- so surprisingly so it's so, true yeah. crime with a horror focus on it but it also
0: has lots of exposition
1: (laughs) tons of exposition and then I think they spend like 10 minutes It's it's and like I get cool like you want to have your character be fleshed out it's like about them talking about like the boy like how she's going to like approach this boy and talk to this neighbor boy and all this stuff and I thought all that all that stuff if you if you make it if you make their little interactions like every time that they're on screen together it's like ooh there's chemistry there ooh, like, there's obviously, like, you're rooting for them that little relationship. You're like, oh, you want that little puppy love to have its chance to blossom or whatever? I didn't give a shit. Dude, none of, like, all they did was, like, look at each other uh, weirdly every now and again. I don't know. I... I I, I'm trying not to I try not to just be totally just shit on something I try to find positivity in most things and this one I had a hard time with on on almost all fronts. Like I thought the I thought the dialogue was crappy and I, I thought the I thought I would meant to ask you too. Like you you're talking about how like they they they're not trying to give you any information about the killer, but to do you think it's to a degree that it totally makes you not even care about the killer? Because that's how it was for me then then that's ultimately
0: this movie um has a lot of flaws in it but
1: yeah. i didn't
0: care about anybody,
1: anybody <laughs> anything like, right yeah
0: like nothing at all and early on like i realized that okay they're going more the horror route so unlike other true crimes this isn't going to be as tense it's going to be more about the scares and the, you know the loud noises and stuff right. but one it's not that scary it's just really annoying and then there <laughs> is like no tension at oh, all, zero. which is so surprising because it's about a dude in a white van stalking a high school student, yeah. and that's pretty creepy. Like, just saying yeah. it's creepy, but this movie has none of that. And like in the climactic scene when the you know the, the the sisters are 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 trying to escape, like the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking like they're gonna get away, like they're gonna get. I, yeah. I was not worried about them at all. All I knew is. They're going to get away and this guy's going to go on to kill for the next six years. And that is just not a fun watch.
1: No, it's, it's really not. And it, and yeah, the the movie does itself no favors along the way. It kind of, well, it becomes less cohesive, even though like the story gets smaller, it gets less cohesive as, as the movie goes on. And, and by the end, you know, you're just, yeah, you have, you've had no stakes. And so anything, any impact that they wanted to have with any of that, like, Oh, the van, it's just, it falls on deaf ears. I don't know what it is. Even it's like, this is like one of those movies where I'm like, dude, I don't even know where to begin with this thing. Like, I don't know where you like, I don't even know, like, would you rewrite it? Would you direct it differently? I don't know, man. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a good way to tell that story of this fucking evil fucking guy. It makes you not care about them at all almost. So that I think it has like a counter effect of what they were trying to do.
0: I'm glad that you bring that up because I was gonna ask you, but you kind of answered my question. I was gonna ask you if this because you can tell how good a true crime or anything based on a true story is. You can tell how good it is based on whether you want to learn more about it after the oh, fact. Yeah. One, this movie has no text at the end, which is usually the case at the end of these. Like they tell you, like, you know. Billy Mansfield oh, yeah. uh, went on to kill X amount of girl and, you know, he wasn't caught until 1982 and he served X this, you know, much time before he died him or whatever. They didn't do any of that in this. So you actually, aside from the beginning where it says that it's based on true events, you would never guess that this is a, uh, based on a true story. I think that hurts this big time because it doesn't make it a good movie to add that at the end, but at the very least you can be like, Oh, okay. I can maybe, Maybe I'll read into the real thing, but uh, after watching this movie, knowing that, and I we we did know about going into it was based on true story and who it was based on, but I had no interest at all in looking up anything about this guy.
1: Yeah, it, it was quite the opposite, you know, which is a shame, right? That's like you you, the whole point of these things should be to shine light on something, you know, terrible and interesting. And uh, yeah, this, this made me not give it just, yeah, totally insignificant. Like there was no meat to that, to that, to chase, right. They were like there was like no scent in the air to like, be like, Ooh, and like, how long did this go on? Or like you said, there no, nothing. I, I've never thought, cause I even thought, I'm glad you brought up like the, 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 like the scroll at the end or, you know, any kind of card that has any information about the the real killer, none of that. And man, I've never noticed it more. I've never noticed that, like how much I wanted that and needed that, because like I literally even thought about it as the movie was wrapping up. I was like, well, at least it'll, it'll kind of, at least it'll have some kind of blurb or something. It'll clue about me it. in. It'll clue me in as to what I just watched, you know, that kind of stuff. But
0: it has the, it has the worst type of ending. That I can't stand when a movie ends with the title. Like, um, I don't know if a Bronx tale ends like this, but I always imagine Leonardo DiCaprio scene at the end of it, and that's a Bronx tale. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate when movie and that's how this movie ends with uh their, yeah. the newspaper headlines and they're like uh reports are that it was, and then it just says the man in the white van, <laughs> <laughs> like oh horrible shitty ending. Uh case in point, um, the black mass, which uh <laughs> Super interesting uh, Ted Bundy movie. I, mean, I don't like Ted Bundy. I've talked about it on before. And I don't mean I don't like, serial, like I don't like I, movies or right. stories. I have no interest in Ted Bundy yeah. whatsoever. After watching The jet, the Black Mask, I um, Wikipedia'd him because I was like, oh, I want to re re reread stuff about Ted Bundy. And that was something that I was completely bored about. Sure. And uh, I, I like the movie, but like the subject, I was completely bored about. But this movie, yeah. I was just like, yeah. I, I, I just could care less about the man in the white van but uh i'll still ask you see or no see the man <laughs> in the white van
1: the man in the white van no 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 i i'm sorry to say it uh, this is a rare case where i can you know this is definitely going to like worst of list for me i think it's it's top it's going to be towards the top of my worst of for the year it, it just it just struck out on every every aspect that i that i seek entertainment from a film this did not deliver so no pass on this one I know for some people the gut reaction would be like, oh, well, it's because you're not a true crime person.
0: That's why you're <laughs> saying this. But no, no, this is just a bad. This <laughs> is an objectively bad movie. I would absolutely say to skip out on the Man in the White Van. Our feature presentation brings us to uh, HBO documentaries. Who, that's a strong name in documentaries for for decades, decades now. <laughs> like HBO has meant a lot to documentaries. Real sex. Yeah, waiting for what was the one that really crazy one about the family that abused their neighbors? Waiting for the, the Guffmans, I think, or no, no, no. That's <laughs> waiting
1: for no, 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 that's Christopher Guest. Yeah, Christopher Guest.
0: No, no, there's a documentary about a a family who they they t- they taught kindergarten in their basement to the neighborhood kids, but they were just like fucking abusing them. Was like the, oh no, dude! Oh. That was the that was like late '80s. They they had the Paradise Lost trilogy on there. Oh shit! About the um, you remember the, the fucking West Memphis Three? Yeah, yep. those dudes. Yeah, they did all that on there. But it's a documentary. It's been a while since we covered HBO on here. Um, I mm-hmm. think the last time we did an HBO documentary on here, and I I'm thinking this was HBO, and it was a really good one, uh, Cult of Cults oh yeah great Yeah, that was super cool uh, we're doing Last Stop Larima which is uh, a, a true crime um, from the Dupless production now the last time we covered something they did with true crime was the uber interesting Sasquatch <laughs> true crime oh. that we did <laughs> that's right I'm thinking after watching Last Stop Larima that uh, I know it's really really hard to make a lighthearted true crime like for obvious reasons but I think there is a void there. But uh, we'll we'll get it. Lassalera is about a very small town in the Australian uh, outback. And when I say town, I'm I'm pushing it because eleven people. Now, this is more like a, a community. I guess you it's would a say collection
1: of a collection. Who... Yeah,
0: <laughs> a collection of, of Aussies uh, uh, yeah. living out there in the in the northern territories. I think it is
1: northern territories, which that part of Australia notoriously harsh, you know, and hard to live in. Yeah. So
0: yeah and and looking at the weathered skin of these people you can tell like this is hard hard living but one of them goes missing all of a sudden uh an investigation uh is go uh, begins and very quickly it is that there's decades of infighting and hatred in this little town wow. and everybody is a suspect so <laughs> uh and that's super interesting that's like out of a, a poirot novel it's su- super super interesting so um i kind of touched on it but i wanted to ask you about it the tone for this and sasquatch was the same way like it's lighthearted and fun but it never takes away from at least i never I, th- I never thought that it took away i i didn't think it took away from the gravity of what was a missing person's case um i think there should be a lot more like these because there's i mean we've seen two mm-hmm. and i'm sure there's a lot more out there like this is my opinion true crime is stale and it's been stale something like this like a whole lot of these, would bring inject life into this
1: yeah no I, I couldn't agree more the uh the thing about this that uh well there's like the the what makes a great documentary a great film experience and we say it over and over is the storytelling it's how you frame a story it's how you tell that story it's how you introduce characters which this 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 uh this movie ooh, there there's the one character that they introduced like smack dab in the middle that I was like mm-hmm, I wish you guys would have let me know that that guy was involved the entire time but um I I think it's it's like kind of an expertly crafted tale you know it's like. If, like, you sat around a campfire and somebody spun you this yarn, you know, and you would just be captivated by it, that's kind of what this does in film form. And it it introduces you to the players, it, it, it just introduces you to the victim, and then it lays down the circumstances, which continue just to get crazier and crazier and crazier. Is there lightheartedness to this? Absolutely. There's... there's Lots of laughing and lots of uh you know jokes and like some of the shit that Patty was saying about you know Fran and stuff like hilarious, it's hilarious. hilarious. He
0: has this line I don't mean to catch you. he has a hilarious I think it's like the first time they talk about how like yeah they were just saying whatever to the cameraman and he's like yeah Fran's a cunt who is also a gas bag whore or something like <laughs> that in like 15 seconds he says like the most awful
1: thing <laughs> something the worst thing you can say is something about somebody he says to a stranger and then laughs about it on laugh, camera.
0: and he's like oh it's true
1: <laughs> oh so funny i mean it literally it's all like uh like when um, me and my buddy Mark at the brewery, we talk about, you know, like uh, we were talking recently about how remember back in the day when all anybody ever knew of Donald Trump was how he lambasted fucking Rosie O'Donnell on national television. Yeah, he called her a pig. I think he called her a pig, said so yeah. she was disgusting inside and out. Like just, just yeah. so funny. But this was, you know, obviously before we knew it. But and this is kind of how we feel about Patty, right? It's kind of the same situation where it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Patty's hilarious. Oh, Patty may have been a real asshole, but but Patty's just, you know, he's just a rowdy Irishman uh, living out in the bush. But uh, yeah, the the, like the brevity they kind of kept in in with all the dark shit that's actually just incredibly dark. Actually, the way they keep that that lighthearted nature, because I think all these people kind of are that way, you know, they all kind of are these people that are kind of like lighthearted weirdos living out by themselves. Right. But they're all out there for a reason. Right. And it's not because they like being around other folks. So they keep they do such a good balance of that, like lighthearted thing and the seriousness. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. If we get a ton more stuff like this, I I, I hope that. Yeah, I hope the Duplass crew does a whole bunch more stuff.
0: This is good stuff, and then the characters. So you're told right off the bat that, and I, I love the subtitle for this. It's something like an Australian mystery and or an outback murder in five chapters or something yeah. like that. Like so, like you said, it's like this screenplay or this uh, this uh, stage play that's like acting out in front of you, and then the characters they do a really good job of building them up like Patty. They talk about, oh, yeah, he was the life of the party. He joked, around. he could could use a whip in each hand. and and Livened up the room.
1: Yeah, people loved
0: him, and then turns out that, you know, oh, I hated him. He wanted to make meat pie just because I made the best meat pie, and Mm -hmm. and there's a whole chapter called The Great Meat Pie War, which is awesome. And he said uh, he
1: wouldn't feed his her his dog wouldn't even eat her meat pies. I mean, real funny.
0: Which um, she says, and you're like, oh, she's you know crazy and she's exaggerated. But then they they actually they cut him to him on
1: <laughs> saying,
0: <laughs> just an amazing moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, this uh, this um, uh, documentary does such a great job of building characters up, and then in the next scene or like a couple scenes later. They make you doubt them. Like there's a couple that they yeah. that they interview throughout, and they early on, they're they I want to say they're like the second group that they interview, but they seem like they're above it all almost.
1: Yeah. and they
0: they genuinely are worried, and they care, and they 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 really want to know what happened, and they 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 feel so sorry about it. But then one of the other dude, he kind of looked like David Letterman to me, the guy who likes <laughs> oh yeah, that dude was like oh yeah, Patty called them the Duke and Duchess. <laughs> and you're like you can totally see that from them like they're putting on airs and then it gets you to thinking like what did they have to do with it what did they right do from all this and i loved how the uh the the last popular it kept you guessing the entire time like maybe you didn't think everyone was involved with patty's disappearance but you did wonder like what do they know and how uh what what did they know and could they have prevented it type of thing and i that kept me going the entire time
1: oh yeah i love the uh yeah the kind of inconsistent narrate narrator aspect of like just and it's it was really cleverly done because they presented in this way of like oh here's these people you should trust them and then in the very next moment you shouldn't trust these people and then you go but like but i was just trusting them you know, I was just believing what they were saying. And then that, that happens so many times. And like I said, this is with 10 people, 11, 11, 12 people. And then you get some investigators involved, too, that kind of chime in on what they what they experience. Some of my favorite stuff is like, well, it's kind of so just for the listener. And just I think this is a real selling point on this. One of the reasons that this documentary is so cool is because this guy goes missing like uh, December 17th or something. And call out the police and all this stuff. And then the uh, news comes out. And then a news reporter, uh, her like boss, calls her and is like, "Hey, we were out there like last year interviewing these folks. You should right. go dig, go dig through this archival footage and see what you can find." So they go, and it's literally the entire town talking shit about each other. And then again, talking about just expert framing and stuff. They they show you some stuff from this footage throughout, right? But then they show you some footage from it at the very, very end that has some of the biggest impact on what you've just watched. There's there's a whole this there's this whole extrapolation for like the last 30 minutes that's pretty harrowing. And I just I loved like how they they pulled these characters through this like gauntlet, right? Like not it, nobody's left without some shit being slung at them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really like that. One of my favorite characters, uh, and I say characters because they are absolute characters. They're, they're
0: characters. <laughs> they absolute yeah,
1: characters. They are
0: absolutely every single one of them is a character.
1: Was and I wanted to ask you if you thought whether or not you thought he was was like because to, to me he came across as maybe the most honest. Was the bartender?
0: He's interesting in that. Um, so it wasn't until the end of the circumstance because some time has passed from uh, the beginning of the documentary to the end, but it wasn't until all was said and done. That I that I fully enjoy the character because he's kind of a jerk leading up to he it. He but, is, but he's not an asshole. That's the thing. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not. He's just very straightforward <laughs> and blunt and honest. Super blunt. And yeah. then he also gets involved with another family, and then their da- daughter is involved. Uh, a mystery arson, <laughs> which everyone, oh, yeah. including the daughter herself, is blamed for. <laughs> like, yep. but so he comes off as like um, not the best guy. But then no. when all is said and done, it's kind of like okay, he's just a busy... He really did seem to want what was best. He was just doing what he thought was best, and he was trying to make a buck out of it. That's what we're all doing at the end of the day. It wasn't until the end, and I think this goes to the storytelling. It wasn't until the end that I actually appreciated him.
1: Yeah, he was really interesting to me. And out of everybody, when they kind of tell him, and you can kind of hear like the producer talking to him off camera, and they kind of basically mentioned to him a couple times, like, yeah, but people were saying, like, you were a real you know, you were a real asshole. And he's like, yeah, I probably was, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he's the only one who's like, yeah, I'm a fucking, yeah, I could have, I could, be, I could be an asshole from time to time and, and right. fuck them too though. You know? And so like, that's like the, he was the only guy who actually said like, no, I can, I, I could be a prickly guy. And like, you know, it was everybody kind of shit talked to each other and like, but like we all drink beers at the end of the day. It was about having a pop and, mm-hmm. you know, he was the only one who like genuinely came across as being like hey look we weren't living in larima because we're all saints you know he's like we're all living out there because it's the middle of fucking nowhere and we can get away with murder exactly exactly and
0: i i also liked what was uh refreshing about this is because whenever you watch a true crime documentary like everyone's like trying to look the best i oh, think everyone yeah. like in no matter what they say it's how like they were doing the right they were making they told the cops to do this they don't understand that if only they did it their way like it's always Mm -hmm. that and none of these characters are really like that they're all like yeah fuck that person or yeah they're cool let's go have a beer now like except for the duke and duchess who very much were above it all the entire time and they came off initially i was just like oh they're this weird couple in the outback but by the end i was like yeah, they're fucking they're 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 two-faced slime. <laughs> I did not oh. believe anything. Yeah. The crocodile tears the whole time. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And that goes to the like he's writing, framing the the order. Uh we just saw a movie. We just talked about a movie with bad editing. This one is edited because you switch oh, things it's... around a little bit here or there. Maybe it doesn't make it a bad documentary, but it doesn't make things as impactful.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think I think they they tell you this this story in such a such a just brilliant way, and like I said, you know not to and uh, not to I mean this is all stuff you look on the internet and I I but I don't want to spoil anybody's watching enjoyment of this but so I won't say actually what is said there at the end you should watch it there's some stuff that they they use after talking with Franny and talking with a few other talking with Fran and a few other people the way they, they do that. It just, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a gavel comes down. It's just like, bam, like here's, 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 here's the dinner, man. It's on the, it's on the plate here. Here it all is. And very rarely does a a true crime documentary kind of just end with like a slap. Now, whether how you feel about that, what they tell you and what the, what is what you get to know at the end, it can make you feel a bunch of different ways, but it, was super satisfying to me you know like yeah. even though maybe what has happened isn't the most satisfying conclusion or whatnot to me as a as a person who as an audience member of, of this documentary it could not have ended better I um mostly agree with you
0: okay great great ending like I love the um yeah like the end result you know that your mileage will will differ mm-hmm. on that but the way they wrap it up is really really well done except and i don't know how they could have done it any other way because of the circumstances the tone was so different from the rest of the movie because oh, it, it yeah. was so serious i mean again i don't know but how i think it needed
1: made... to be yeah i think it needed to be right yeah, I, I
0: don't i don't know what they could have done i mean there's no way you can make that lighthearted at all and right kudos to them for the rest of the movie. and i say lighthearted Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is really fun. Like, this guy went disappeared. No one knows what happened to him. This is cool. Like, no, it wasn't like that. Like, it was very much a true crime story where you're like, you want to know what happened. Mm -hmm. You're trying to figure out who is lying and who is telling the truth. But at the same time, it's like, oh, this cop's trying to talk, but the fire alarm keeps going off. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. Like, that's really funny. The ending, it does away with any any pretense at all of wacky oh, yeah. characters, crazy sad. It's just straight up serious. And it's very, it's depressing. It's 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 disheartening. And um, it does not ruin it in the least. But man, so jarring that, uh, you know what? I almost didn't enjoy the last like five Ooh, really? minutes. Yeah, Dude, because, I, I get it. You know what? Maybe that's what it was meant to be like.
1: I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. And I think that's exactly right. I think... I think it was impactful that way because, hey, we've been fucking around and telling you this goofy story. Hey, this guy got fucking murdered, man. Nobody knows where he is or his dog still. And yeah. the fucking person who killed him just drove off. That's fucking serious. That's heavy duty shit. And yeah, we've been fucking around, but hey, everybody, we still don't fucking know exactly. You're right. And like, I think, I think it was that impact I think it's necessary especially when you play at the, like the goofy shit as, as hard as they did I totally understand the jarring nature of that but I think I get it you know I think I get it
0: when we just talked about how uh man in the white van we were like oh yeah don't care about the real story fuck it um <laughs> were you interested in learning more about this
1: afterwards dude absolutely I woke up thinking about it you know and I yeah I I found it I found it really um, fascinating and it has a lot to do with how they told that story. You know, it just, it made me, it literally immediately made me go like, well, what the fuck's happening in Larimer? Right. At this very instant, you know, like you, you, you want to know. And you know, they they do a good job of kind of like telling you like kind of the stuff. Okay. So maybe I do have one complaint about this thing is there is a bit of a time jump that happens from them talking to is it Barry or Dale or the guy who dies of cancer? They go from talking to him, and then it's obviously like months, maybe a year later, and like people have moved on, people are living in different places. Right. I would have, I would have liked to have known that that time frame. You know, I thought, I think, I think that's all still very important um, stuff, and uh, yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't give you a time frame on any of that, and they, they maybe could have done a better job with that, but yeah, um, really engaging story.
0: I um I, I I googled it as soon as it was as yeah. it was over I was like I got to no why. There's um tons of true crime podcasts out there we all know that but yeah. there are so many shows that have dedicated time to to this yeah. case yeah. yeah which is um and I, I can totally see it like I mean it's everything about it is so interesting um if you take this 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 same scenario small community, 11 people, someone goes disappearing, it turns out, so someone disappears, turns out everyone hates each other, and you put it anywhere else, here in America, would it be as interesting? Or was the uh, the Australian Outback, that setting, was it that important to it? Because uh, I don't know if this would work anywhere. Now, this is true, so it's kind of weird to say it this way, but uh, I don't know if the case is, I think the setting plays such an important part of this, even though they, they're not constantly mentioning it, but just it was just a, just a natural part of the story. So, um, I don't know if this would work if it's like in, I don't know, Nebraska.
1: You know, I that's an interesting point, man. That's a good question. I uh, I think that the for me, you know, it's a it's a part of the world I, I know very little about. So yeah, that is all kind of very interesting, and I I love seeing any you know stuff and Australian people just they have those great accents, but if this happened in gallup new mexico outside gallup new mexico and some weird cuz dude there, there are communities like this out here you know i i would i personally i would be engaged in that if they told this the same way kind of stuff right uh, i wouldn't but i do think the setting totally helps uh, me as an american audience member find it more engaging uh, that that i that i would say
0: yeah, I think you're right, because now I'm thinking about like some of the, uh, des- or, like when you're driving from here to like Arizona, I'm thinking of some of those <laughs> little up, towns. The hills just, have eyes,
1: brother, the hills have yeah,
0: eyes. Yeah, very true, very true, so um, you're right being that uh, I'm an ugly American, it might be that that uh, exotic aspect that, that made this yeah. setting so interesting to me, so um, last stop to Laramie, right now, it's on Max, C or no C?
1: Yeah, definitely see this. If you're a true crime fan at all, I think you're really gonna dig it if you've been uh if you've been watching the uh, old, uh only murders in the building kind of stuff you want to see some real crazy shit check this out definitely
0: if uh you're a true crime person then i'm assuming you probably know this case you've probably heard it on one or seven of the podcasts that you listen yep. to every day but uh i'm betting that you've probably never heard it told quite like this i would say absolutely check it out and this isn't just for the true crime people if You just want to watch a really interesting story told in a really fun, unique, and uh, kind of depressing way. Absolutely (laughs) check out Last Stop Larima, And uh, you can check us out every week. We're a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network, where they have a whole bunch of horror-themed podcasts, including ourselves. We do have an open review policy. We will not watch The Man in the White Van again. But if you have something that's a little... Uh, more interesting that you think we'll find interesting, send it our way. We'll be more than happy to check it out.
1: I challenge you. Some sci-fi horror. Send us some sci-fi horror if you think we haven't seen it. Uh Do that on the old Instagram social media stuff. Uh, let's do that on Twitter and Instagram at Adventures in Movies. You can find us individually. Nathaniel is on Instagram at Adventures in Nathan. I call him Patrick, though. I'm Blake. I'm on Twitter at 4 Ride Horror. Regina is out there somewhere at Danger Chavez. And next week, well bill mosley and a halloween thrift store encapsulates our halloween into the year it's gonna be great today
0: and you can find us on apple podcasts you can go to spotify we're a part of amazon music where they have podcasts now you can also find us on morbidly beautiful wherever you listen to us make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen and that's our cue we will talk to you next week
1: good day mate